You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off. I was pretty horrified by this article, so I want to talk about it. Um, the article has to do with our children and their schools and everything that's been going on, which not having young kids in school anymore, I wasn't aware how bad this problem has gotten. This article uh, that I read was written by Mary Jackson and it's a very recent article. So what it's talking about is that since January, children in Washington state ages 13 and up can obtain confidential treatment for mental health conditions and gender dysphoria using their parents' insurance plan without their parents' knowledge or consent. Now the state's considering a bill, which is in committee, to set up health clinics on middle and high school campuses. And what can happen in these situations is that the clinics can give their children dangerous and irreversible medical treatments such as puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones to make their bodies look more like the opposite sex. So in other words, when your child is 13 years old, I mean, that's, that's just a crazy mixed up age. It was for all of us. And sometimes kids feel like, well, I wish I was a boy or I wish I was a girl or, you know, but now the school can actually give them puberty blockers and drugs without the parents' consent or permission or knowledge and charge it to the insurance company that the parents have. I am absolutely horrified that this is even being considered, but it's not, this is not out there in La La Land. It's, it's actually being done in more than one place. So already in schools in many states, including in Washington, teenage girls can leave classes to get an abortion or obtain contraceptives without their parents' knowledge or permission. Sometimes the parents only find out because of the charge that was made to their, you know, their insurance company, and then they'll get something from the insurance company. But this is absolutely crazy. And then in March in California, the Confidentiality of Medical Information Act would actually hold health insurance companies criminally liable if they disclose sensitive information about the medical situation of their own dependents, including treatment and procedures that have been done without their knowledge. I mean, is this not shocking ladies that, that this can be done with our children by complete strangers and you don't even know about it? We should be about education and prevention right at this point. You know, we're all for that, but to say at 13, you can leave and go get an abortion, your parents not know, but then your parents have to pay for it. And then the government, the state is on the child's side. At 13, you're just pretty much a little alien. I used to teach school before 
I become a business owner. And these kids, they don't know what they want when they're 13. I, it blows my mind. At 21, you can buy alcohol. At 21, you can buy tobacco. At 18, you can go into the military. But at 13, you can decide if you need an abortion. Or at 13, you can decide if you need medication because you want to dabble with changing over your sex. I mean, you don't even know. And it, at 13, you don't know. Say at 20, that was a bad decision. Well, it's too late. You know, it's terrible. Yeah, because the drugs are pretty irreversible. I mean, they they damage their body and it's never going to be the same again. Uh, what age gonna... do you decide when you can live with a parent? What age is that? That you can decide, like if you're in a divorce proceeding, isn't it, for, is it still 14? Oh, I like, have no idea. I think, I think it can be younger if the child is deemed responsible and understands what's going on. I think they can talk to even under 12 children and figure out if they understand what's going on and if they can make an educated decision. But in my opinion on this whole bill that they're trying to pass and make legal, it's another form of control and taking the responsibility away from parents and putting it in the government's hands. And I think we see that all over the country, not just with our children, but in other aspects of life. But if they're going to start and make everybody control and comply with what's going on, they're going to use our children first. What happened to the HIPAA law? What happened to you can't, you can't talk about or even ask anyone about what their medical situation is unless you have a signed document and it goes with the children. I can remember taking my teenage kids to, to the doctor and once they turned 13, I, or not 13, but 18, I was not allowed to get information. And I told the clinics that I took my children to for whatever reason they were getting treated, I'm paying the bill, you will give me that information. So that's just another ploy to take control away from families and parents and put it in the hands of the government. And it is dangerous. Oh, it's so dangerous. Can you imagine a 13 year old child going into a counselor and who knows, maybe that 13 year old is confused. Maybe that 13 year old has home issues or maybe they don't have home issues. Maybe they have bullying issues at school, whatever it is. Some person in that school is going to give them advice and can give them these puberty and hormone blockers and cross sex hormones and even up to sex change surgeries without parental consent. And I, I just couldn't be more horrified when I send my child to school, I expect them to teach them reading, writing, arithmetic, and some basics about life, I do not expect them to teach them or treat them in any medical way whatsoever, unless they fall down and break their arm, then they can call an ambulance. But how dare they come into our families and purport to treat our children in these kinds of life-changing ways 
without our knowledge. I mean, they, my, I'll tell you what, my child would never go to any school that allowed that. They would be out of that school in the blink of an eye. Well, these kids are getting on YouTube. They're sitting, you know, they'll search transgender and then all this stuff comes up, junk. And it's starting to put ideals in their head. There's, you know, Bruce Jenner, he went from Bruce to Caitlin, I think is what he is now. And, you know, YouTube has his process where they can watch what he went through and how he his steps to become, you know, a woman. And it's just too much. It's too much on YouTube. At 13 years old, I was still, I was wanting to play sports and have a basketball or, you know, run and play or go exploring. I was not thinking about sex. Wasn't thinking about, um, should I be a boy? I wasn't thinking anything like that, but these phones and the media now and has put too much of this junk in our kids' head. And it's terrible. If a child needs help, we need to have good Christian counseling places that we don't have that anymore, that they can go talk to a counselor. That's a give them good sound Christian advice, not say, well, how do you feel about yourself? You know, if you feel like you should be a boy, then that's, you know, maybe we should talk about that. No, you don't need to talk about it. You're a girl. You're a girl. You're born a girl. That's what God intended you to be. He does not. He is perfect. And he makes, he doesn't make mistakes. If you're born a girl, then you are a girl. And it doesn't need to be all this junk in their heads on YouTube. Exactly. And I think peer pressure plays a huge role in all of this. I think they, the children are watching these things. They're being taught these things in school by people that have no clue about what is right and wrong. They are being pushed into doing something that is morally distorted. And I agree with you, Tracy, that if you're born a boy or a girl, I don't care how much medicine or how many operation altering procedures you go through, you're still going to be that person that God created you to be. Personally, I did have a cousin still living that did go through all of that and went from male to female. And I honestly don't know how to interact with that person. I have not talked with them in many, many, many years. And I don't know, I, I, I guess I would like to sit down and find out what in the world convinced you that being a boy was so horrible. And I don't understand why adults that are supposed to have some kind of common sense, and if they're teachers, they've been educated, why they are pushing our children to do things that are so distorted. Only thing I can go back to is that this is the trend in our country right now is to make everything that is good, bad, and everything that is bad, good, and we've reversed it. And it's another effort to weed out the family, break up the family, do away with what that network is supposed to look like, and control a group of people that they have no business controlling. I have to say it irritates me to the point too, Linda. I really don't know how to respond to people that, that want to push 
our society in that direction. I just want to slap them. Good word, Becky, because that's right. They are wanting to make what's good bad and what's bad good. And it is a trend and it is to destroy the family because family is our first and foremost, foremost foundation that we build our confidence on, our faith on. And if they can destroy the family, they can get our children. And I'm talking about, you know, this is more than just a political stance. This is, and I know getting a little deep here, but this is like spiritual warfare. This Absolutely. is where the enemy, the devil wants our children. They, he wants our children. He wants the family because if he can destroy the family, then he can destroy the church. That's absolutely true. You know, I'm, I'm just horrified that they would take these steps. I mean, these, these people, these teachers, these people in the teachers unions that are taking these steps, they've got to be parents just like we all are. And I can't imagine trying to come in and kind of, go behind the parents back and give their child medical advice or medicines or abortions or, you know, sex changing hormones or any of those things. I can't imagine how another human being, I would never dream to do that to somebody else's child. And I'm just wondering if, Parents are aware of what is going on in their school districts, because this is not just in the state of Washington. This is in California. This is in many different states that you think would never have this type of thing. Why is it? Because parents don't pay attention. They're too busy working. They're too busy putting their kids in front of the TV or in front of a game box or with the phone to babysit them. They're not paying attention to what's happening in their schools, but we are absolutely being, our children are being stolen from us by the people that we are supposed to be able to trust the most, which is our schools. And I, I just find that so incredibly disturbing that I I'm beside myself over it. And I'm going to make as much noise about it as I possibly can, because this is just wrong. And when you take a child and you start giving them life altering and body altering drugs without the parents consent, there's nothing in my mind that can possibly be right about that. It's too much government control in our kids and our school system. They need to stay out of it and they need to quit putting into our teacher's heads all this politically correct stuff. They don't, sometimes you don't need politically correct. You just need good old common sense is what you need. And they're losing that. Well, and parents are not getting involved like they used to be involved. You've got both parents many times working to make ends meet. And so they're trusting the school to raise their children. And that is a detriment to any family you have. Then you've got your kids so wrapped up in sports, there's no time to sit down and talk to them to find out what's actually going on in their life. I know I've got young girls that have young children in their life and they sit and talk to their kids and they tell them what is right and what is wrong and they correct things, but they also make sure that they are finding out who their teachers are that are in front of their kids for eight hours a day. 
And if we don't do that as parents, we are not doing our job because we have to hold people accountable. And if we don't do it, government is going to step in and ruin it. Well, yeah, they, they definitely are. And the thing is, if we don't do it, by the time we figure out what's going on, it's going to be too late for our children. So, I mean, I, I can't imagine having one of my kids have their body start changing in front of my eyes and I'm wondering what's going on. And I find out that the school is giving them these drugs. I just, I, I the school, this is not the school's place. I don't even think sex education is the school's place unless it's very, very minimal. I think that that is parents' place and they just need to teach our kids the things that we send them there to learn the basics of school, reading, writing, arithmetic, uh, you can throw in some home ec or some social studies, history, all those things are great, but stay out of my home and my child's personal life. Well, maybe when a few lawsuits hit the fan, things will change. You know, money speaks and there's no place for the school to be in there um, offering these kids anything, not even an aspirin. Uh, they should be calling the parents to say, look, your child has a headache. Can I give them an aspirin? But to give them life-altering drugs is a travesty. And in my opinion, it's the worst form of abuse. Yep. Well, we'll continue in a moment. Don't miss an episode of the Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. Subscribe to the podcast. And for the latest news and inspiration, join us back at AmericaOutloud.com. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multi-nutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Well, ladies, I want to get your opinion. Talking about too much government control into our school systems, infiltrating into our families. I grew up in rural Oklahoma in a rural school that back in the day we had missionaries come to our school and they were two older women and they had this big black felt board and they had little figures they'd put up and they would tell us Bible stories. And we got out of class to go to the gym to sit in the bleachers and watch these women tell Bible stories and put up these pictures, you know, and these explain, you know, Jonah in the well and tell that story, you know, old, you know, Moses and Noah. And so they would explain these Bible stories and they'd give you a pencil or a little toy. And we just loved it as kids. We got out of class. We got to go sit down and listen to them. This year, one of the neighboring schools to where I grew up, 
the missionaries came in and was doing the same thing they did way back in the day. And now the school is getting sued by some group, and I do not know the name of the group, that that has, was a violation to do that, to come in and teach those kids the Bible stories. How do you all feel about that? I disagree. I think they should be allowed to go in. I raised my kids in a Christian school, and every day they started out with a devotional and prayer. And if you see what's happening in our public schools and like what we just talked about in the first segment about how the government is coming in and changing everything and distorting it. When you take God out of your life and when you take God out of the schools, then you are going to have these problems. You're going to have people come in and, well, that offends me. Well, okay, then turn a deaf ear to it. But just because it offends you doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. And I am horrified over the fact that we are not allowed to say God or to worship God freely. Our kids are not allowed to do that in school. If you're caught praying, you're almost crucified for it. And I agree with you, uh, Tracy, that the moral texture of what is going on is just destroying our society. Well, you know, it used to be that when you have people that disagree about something or when kids disagree about something, a teacher could take that moment to make it a teachable moment. Instead, they're taking things like, let's take the Burbank School District in California, who just is banning five books from instruction that have been there forever. The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, Roll of Thunder, Hear Me Cry, Hear My Cry, To Kill a Mockingbird, The K, and Of Mice and Men. And, and their reasoning is what? Their reasoning <laughs> is that they had an incident in the schoolyard at one, there, there was four parents that have complained. So just to kind of set the stage, the, that particular school district has 47.2% white students, 34.5% Latino, 9.2% Asian, and 2.6% Black. So four of the Black parents complained, and they said that the books were racist. According to one of the mothers, her child received a racial taunt, including the N-word, which was learned by the other student from reading Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry. Now, instead of taking all the books out of school, that is a teachable moment. And it's a moment that can be a very powerful moment for students to bring that to everybody's attention and say how it's wrong and why it's wrong. But instead of doing that, they want to remove the books. And I, I don't agree with this kind of whitewashing everything that kids learn in school to make sure that there's just nothing that's controversial or we, we, we're even changing our curriculum and our school books to be politically correct so that nobody is offended. And I'm sorry, you will never not offend somebody. That's just the nature of being human. But to 
take out of 15,200 students to take one student who had an issue and then make a change for all 15,000, I just really disagree with. I think we've gone way too far with this. And, you know, what, what books then become acceptable? It, there, there are things that are in history that have happened and they're not all good. And these books characterize the time that they were written in, right? They, they characterize things that happen. And by the way, they're fiction books. So let's get that straight to the students. For the most part, they are just fiction books. And you can't go and take everything out of their purview so that they don't see anything that's going to offend them. And there's always going to be some mouthy kid in school who says something inappropriate and that person needs to be corrected and perhaps disciplined, whatever they need. But we can't just stop teaching because of one or two students. I like how you said it's a teachable moment. I think when I taught school, I tried to find teachable moments. And that was sometimes the only time you could connect with a child when they were feeling anxious or they didn't know, you know, they felt out of control a little bit. How do I do this? How do I do this? So they actually came to you and I always felt like it was a teachable moment for me to connect with that child. I, I'm telling you, you cannot go through life without your feelings being hurt. Your feelings are going to get hurt and to learn how to manage and cope with your feelings is part of becoming a mature adult. If you can't feel it, if you don't feel it, you will never learn from it. So to sit here and tell these kids, you're never going to have your feelings hurt or I don't want to hurt your feelings, then you're hindering them and enabling them to become a mature adult that can adapt and, and cope with their feelings. That's, it's wrong. Those books were written to evoke a feeling, to present a problem and a solution. It's part of growing up. You can't take it away from them because somebody got their feelings hurt. That's life. You're going to get your feelings hurt. It's the whole, um, everybody needs to get a trophy moment because I cannot deal with failing or I didn't win or I didn't come in first. Instead of teaching our children how to deal with life and the disappointments that actually come in life. And like you said, uh, Tracy, that you have to learn to not wear your feelings on your shoulders. Someone is always going to step on your toes. Someone is always going to disagree with you. But you have to learn how to handle that emotion and not be so offended at the point where it's the old adage, the squeaky wheel gets the grease because someone gets their feelings hurt and you have this one individual, it's going to change the lives of, of 15,000 people is so very wrong. But they probably had their complaint fall on somebody who had to experience in their life a disappointment. And so they're going to get comforted by that and everything's going to be changed. Instead of teaching people to grow some backbone and to live in a society where not everybody is going to be um, have the same opportunities 
and not everybody is going to be dealt the same hand. And we just have to make our way in the world. It's ridiculous to think that 15,000 children are not allowed to do something because one child can't handle it. That is teaching that one child how to control other people in a way that's extremely dangerous. No, that's it, absolutely true. That that it does teach them that all I have to do is complain and I'll get my way. Life is not pretty all the time. And people say things, especially kids. Kids say stupid things. Kids can be hurtful. We all know that. We've all raised kids. Kids can be very hurtful. But that's when you teach them how much that hurts and that it's not acceptable. And, you know, I mean, even though it's not, it's not the same, but it kind of is. I remember when I very first started having boyfriends and, you know, I, I didn't so much care about their feelings, to be honest. And at one point I had a boyfriend who broke my heart and I said, wow, you know, that's a wake up call because I did that somebody and I don't ever want to feel that way again I I could never make somebody else feel that way again it it was my own teachable moment and that's how we all have to learn to both of your points that we have to learn by having those moments in life you know that this is not nobody's out harming this young lady who complained and nobody's you know, out harming their family or anything like that. It's words. And we need to learn how to deal with words. And for heaven's sakes, we hear them from our politicians day in and day out. Some of the most vicious, nasty words that I've ever heard. They're a terrible, terrible example for our children. And yet what we're doing in school is giving these four families who complained about these classic books, a, you know, just, just the right to make a change for everybody else. I, I just don't think that that's proper. No, it's not proper. It's Benjamin Larkey. They need to get out there and they need to take these kids and put them outside and put a hoe in their hand and say, weed that garden or go out there and mow the yard or scrape that old paint off the house and let's paint it or pick up rocks and teach a kid and then they'll be thankful if they get in to have a nice hot shower and get in their room and can read a book because they don't have anything to gripe about because they don't have any responsibility get their talents out there and make them work and then they'll be thankful that they can even read a book they have no responsibility and it burns my tail in well they're teaching them to be um people adults that are going to be offended all of the time and you know, when you have all of these young children that can't handle losing, such as everybody has to have a trophy, where in the world are you not always competing for something if it's not for a place in a college? Are there 150 slots for this one particular school and you happen to be 151? How is that child going to deal with that if you haven't taught them at a younger age that disappointments come? And what about the job when you go in for an interview and you've got four people interviewing for the same job and you don't get that and you're devastated because you haven't been taught how to handle a situation 
that doesn't go your way. We are teaching our children to be victims. We are not teaching them to grow up and be responsible adults. That's true. And then when they come to us for a job as employers, their sense of entitlement of what they should get is absolutely off the charts. It's just so unrealistic. And it, it shows that they haven't been taught you know, that, that they have to contribute something to the game in order to win. It's not that they win just by their presence, i.e. everybody gets a trophy. Absolutely. No, they need to get their little honeys out there and go to work and teach them something. And the parent <laughs> needs to be right beside them. And they need to show them how to work and put a little sweat on their brow and teach them something. And responsibility becomes, you start to get mature when you take on responsibilities. And then you're thankful for things like sitting in front of them, just having two hours to watch a movie. Just sitting there and having all these kids. Kids can be mean. They can be manipulative and they can learn to have that victim mentality that if I cry wolf here, then we're going to powder your bobo and you don't have to do anything. Make them work. That's what's wrong is all these kids we're raising, they're lazy. And it's our fault as parents. We've gave mm-hmm. them too much. They do, we just gave them too much and it's wrong. And we're, we're paying for it right now because of how these kids are acting. You should not take a classic book out of the public school system anymore you should you should sit there and make that class of 30 and you're going to read a chapter a day to those kids that's what we should be doing and then discuss it discuss what happened in that chapter and discuss you know if somebody's is called in that book is called the n-word discuss the time that that book was written in and how life was and you know that that we don't do that today because but but just to take the books out is completely the wrong statement. And this goes back to, do parents even have any idea what is happening in their schools with their kids? And I understand that with the whole COVID thing, everybody got taken out of schools and everybody wants to go back to school and they feel that it's very, very important. I feel it's important too, but I honestly don't wanna go back to school the way that we left school. I I don't want to go back to that same way that parents had no idea what their kids are learning and what power that school is having over your child that you don't even know about. I think parents need to wake up right about now and start paying attention to what they're teaching in school, what books their kids are reading, what they're not reading, and what they're learning and what rights the school is taking with your child that you don't even know about. They need to communicate daily with their child, find out what they learned that day. What did you discuss? What's going on with your friends? What kind of conversations are you having? Um, Parents don't do that anymore. They're too busy. They're too busy in sports. We've got to go here. We've got to go there. And I understand a lot of parents have to have both of them in the workplace in order to make ends meet. I was fortunate not to have to do that. So I was privileged in that way where I could talk to my children from the time they got home from school. But there's a perfect opportunity. Don't put your kids in so many sports and get them so busy where you don't have time to be involved in their life. And I think that's part of what's going on. Parents are just not involved. And 
quite frankly, I think there are a lot of parents that don't want to be involved. I think they push it off to the schools and think, well, the school's going to do a great job. And then when they graduate, they don't even know what their child is or who they are. Well, I can tell you the toughest job I've ever done in my life is be a parent. I have three businesses. I have over 40 employees. I've been married 30 years and my toughest job is to be a parent. You cannot be a lazy person and be a good parent. You're going to have to know what your kids are into. You're going to have to know who their friends are and you're going to have to be involved. And as an employer, I will never tell my employees, no, you can't go be involved in a school meeting or an activity for our kids they need to be involved I don't care this is all meaningless this world is if we don't take back and slow ourselves down and start becoming a family and start becoming the parents that we need to we're really going to pay for it in probably about 10 more years it's going to be really bad well I think we're already seeing the repercussions of that with so many people Um, out in the workforce and not doing what you're saying they need to do. And I'm sure you got your kids involved in your businesses. When we did things, we did things as a family. If it was a Bible study, our kids went with us. If it was church, our kids went with us. We took our kids to nursing homes. We showed them different things and aspects of life. We went and spent time with other people to give them a full education. World does not wrap itself around you. You are not the center of the universe. There are other people here. There are other situations and you need to be involved and you need to see how the world actually operates and it doesn't twirl around your little being. Yep. Well, I hope the parents take a moment to actually look at the books that their kids are learning from, not, not just from the kids, but go to the parent-teacher meetings and go to the, the school and find out what the books are that the kids are reading and are not reading so that you have a good idea as a parent of what your kids are actually learning. And I'd also be asking the schools what rights they have given themselves with my child's health and medications and abortion situations and all of those things, what rights do they have in your school district so that you know what, you know, your child is being exposed to. And if maybe you don't even want the child in that school district anymore, and we'll be right back. Fellow Americans, you've watched for decades as radical Marxists have systematically taken over some of our nation's most cherished institutions. Well, AmericaOutloud.com is fighting back with one of the fastest growing conservative media networks in the world, featuring some of the nation's most influential experts and commentators. Join us, we're in this together, and we consider you part of our family in our crusade to share the news commentary, and agenda that can lead America back again. It is a fight for the soul of humanity. America Out Loud Talk Radio is the voice of liberty and justice for all. Listen to the Ladies of Liberty sound off on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. 
ladies, we're back and we're going to talk about a subject that's probably going to step on a lot of toes, but I think it's important. I love those subjects. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to title it Mean Ladies or Mean Women. And I, I don't understand because I'm not in their position. I don't, I don't necessarily feel like I need a lot of power, but there are women out there. And let's just talk about one in particular right off the start. Her name is Nancy Pelosi and she gets a kick out of being in control. And I think she likes to assert her energies and her power a little bit more than she really needs to. When she withheld the stimulus package for many Americans before the election, she harmed our country because there are people out there losing their jobs, people out there that cannot feed their families, the stimulus packages for the PPP packages for business owners, and they're going under daily Uh, on top of closing cities down and saying you can't operate. How are these people going to feed their families? How are they going to employ the people that um, trust them in their workplace? I don't understand because I guess I'm not in her position and I don't think I ever would be because my temperament is not that way. Why do you want to be mean? Why do you want to withhold what our country needs? Why do you want to suppress people to the point that they are doing things to themselves? They're committing suicide. They're they're losing their families. They are going off the deep end because this person is not allowing them to receive the help that they need, I don't get it. Ladies, what do you think? Are you as angry as I am? Well, I know I am. I I think that what Nancy Pelosi did in withholding the PPP money from all of these thousands and thousands of small businesses, basically since last July, what were something's been trying to be done to get a second round of PPP to people because the first round was gone and people couldn't stay in business if they didn't have some sort of help. The airlines begged for help. Uh, Everybody has begged for help. Disneyland is laying off thousands and thousands of people. Airlines are laying off thousands of people and those are bigger companies, but small companies across the country who really live hand to mouth every day of their life. They depend on that income from that day to get them through to the next. And they have made them wait for their political considerations. And I am so angry and insulted that people that we elect to help us in this country to be our voice are not only not our voice, but they are against us. And they have let people, my friends, your friends, go out of business just left and right. And like you say, Becky, people are committing suicide. People feel hopeless. People who had some sort of a nest egg for their future now have no nest egg at all. And it affects everything in their life. It affects 
you know, they can't make their house payments, they can't make their rent payments, they can't go to the doctor, they can't do so many different things. This, this, is, this is the worst kind of betrayal. And Nancy Pelosi, in my opinion, is the meanest of mean women. She's like that queen in Alice in Wonderland, the bad queen. Um, just, just no care for the people in this country. They should have managed better. The weak will die, the strong will survive. And sometimes these businesses, they should have managed better. I'm just going to leave it at that. Keep going, Becky. Okay, so what I don't understand is why Nancy Pelosi and some of these other leaders take pleasure in watching the destruction of individuals within our country that are struggling. I mean, I live in a small town and we try to support the local businesses as opposed to going into a large town and supporting the chains. So do we. Yes, you want to support local businesses. I don't think she could care less a flying flip if the little diner on the corner went under. She doesn't care. It wasn't about that. She wanted to be... Um, she had revenge on her mind. It it wasn't anything about the little diner. It was she wanted maybe Trump not to look good. She didn't care. She wants to look good. Uh-huh. She didn't. She could care less about the corner man. Um, and if anybody, that's what that came from. It is. And if you're in her way and you happen to get kicked or shoved down, well, okay, you're a consequence of what my narrative needs to be. And I think you're right. I think she did it to make Trump look bad. I think she did it to um, suppress individuals because she does want the country to rely on politicians. And I think that's what's going on right now. I think they are um, conditioning people to look to the government for their survival. And I don't think that's what we our country was ever intended to do. And I believe, honestly, she takes pleasure in watching people hurt. And I just don't get it. Well, I think, Tracy, to your point about that people should have managed their money better. You know, I don't disagree. There's certainly a lot of people that can manage their money better. But there are all kinds of different small businesses. There are hairstylists and nail salons and there's massage therapists and there's restaurants and there's uh, gymnastics places and there's little baseball hitting places. And I mean, there's, you name the kind of business, there's, there's hundreds of thousands of different variations of small businesses. And some small businesses have it within their power to hang on to more money than others and other small businesses really are hand to mouth. And that's just how it works. They, they can get by a month or two, but they can't get by longer than that. And nobody thought that this would last as long as it has. And you can't anticipate that you're going to be able to last for nine months, 10 months with virtually no income. And I know lots of people whose businesses are down 75%. 
and therefore they would have to lay off or they would have to cut corners and they may still be in business, but other people are still hurt. So the employees that got laid off are hurt or people that you can't pay the rent to are hurt or the, the people that came in and serviced you in certain ways, like the cleaning company that cleaned your company that you had to let go because you have to cut corners. There's so many people that are hurt and in so many ways. And I, I think that we all could take a lesson in how to manage money better, but some businesses were fortunate to be in the kinds of businesses that survived better or thrived better than others during COVID. And some businesses, uh, and depending where you are, and an example would be if you're a restaurant in Los Angeles, you're not surviving as well as if you're a restaurant in Texas, because we, in Texas, we don't have the shutdowns that they have in New York City or Los Angeles. So it, it's hard to say, but the fact is that they're still, we still have lost 20% in this country of our small businesses. And I totally agree with what you said, Tracy, about, you know, it's kind of the, that the strong will survive and life has a way of shaking those things out. Same thing happened after 9-11, where where we kind of had a shakeout time where the strong survived and the weak kind of fell off and that's kind of okay. But this is a really unique situation. And when the power was there within Nancy Pelosi's hands to help people, she didn't do it. She turned her back on everybody. And that's, that's what I have a big objection to that. That's just mean. And I don't see any reason for women to be mean. I don't see any reason for men to be mean either, but I'm specifically talking about women because I expect more empathy and more compassion from a woman and it's not there. Well, if you look at a lot of what is going on right now and you hear the comments coming from the women leadership, it's ugly and it's hateful. And remember when one of the politicians said that if a Trump supporter walks in your store or if you see them, you tell them to get out of here, you get in their face and tell them they're not welcome here. What in the world gave someone the right to bestow evil or pain or hurt on someone else? We have lost it in our country on how to be kind the politicians, the women politicians that we're talking about seem to be the meanest and the ugliest and the most vitriol, the ones that are calling out um, hurtful. Just recently, there was another woman uh, politician that came out and said, if you're a Trump supporter, we're coming after you and you better get out of the way or you're going to be hurt and you're going to be damaged and you're going to be uh, part of our um, spoil. And I, I don't understand why they feel the need other than the fact that they feel threatened. Uh, businesses have not done well on this shutdown. And I don't think it's necessary. Again, I think it's all about control and conditioning, because a certain group of people think that's the way our country is headed. And so they're conditioning people to get used to it now. And what Pelosi did was just a part of that plan. Uh, she wants people 
to be um, dependent on the government because that's their plan, I do believe. And if there's companies and individuals that are hungry, they're going to look to the government and they're going to be uh, thanking the government because the government is going to give them something. And that's not what the government is for. And that is not what Nancy Pelosi should have done. She's just a, an evil person in my eyes. Well, Tracy, I'm wondering if you think, as I do, that it'll be nice to have these additional women that were just elected to Congress and they're making a sort of a group to not go against the squad, but just a different group. I, I tend to think that Republican women tend to be a little bit nicer and calmer than Democratic women in their language and kind of the vitriol that they don't spew. And I, I'm hoping that we get kind of a better example because I think that women's strength is not in being nasty and being vitriolic. It's, it's in more of a quiet power. What do you think? Well, I think, <laughs> I think as women, our motives need to be pure and they need to be good. And Nancy's motives are not, um, her motives are not from a good place. And so as women, we need to work on our fruit because we're the nurturer of the home. We have a lot of power in this day and age. And so the woman needs to show love, kindness, um, self-control, patience. These things we need to be showing as examples. I can't say that some Democratic women are mean and, and Republican women are mean. You can't, I can't say that, but I feel like Nancy's, Nancy's motives were wrong but just women in general need to work on their heart and their motives. I'll say that. Well, they're supposed to be gentle and loving. And like you said, nurturing. And I, I think when women oftentimes leave the home, and I know that some have to, and take up responsibilities outside of the home, even usurping the authority over a man, that's when they their little personalities change and a little bit of power here and a little bit of power there. And then all of a sudden they've completely lost sight of what their role is as a woman. We are the weaker sex. I mean, we're told that in scripture. Now, does that mean I'm not as smart as my husband or I don't have an opinion. It just means that I'm a woman and that I can't necessarily do the things he can do. And that's okay. Um, well, Becky, so, I, I'm going to jump in here because, <laughs> I, because I, I, know, I know myself and I know Tracy and I know as business owners that we don't have that meanness and, and I've worked my whole life and I don't think being outside the home made me mean, uh -uh. made me smart. It might've made me a little bit more wily about doing business, but it's never made me feel that I'm over anybody or that I have the right to be mean to them. And I know myself and I know Tracy a thousand times over me because there's not another nicer businesswoman that I know. <laughs> well, so, I didn't, I didn't mean everybody in general. I'm just saying there are pe some people 
that when they are in a leadership position, it goes to their head and it changes them drastically. Um, well, they're, they're not a good leader. They're not a good leader because a good right. leader has a servant's heart. I have a servant's heart. I am a leader over lots of men and I don't go out there acting like a silly woman and being bossy or smart. Like that's not how I should get act. I, I am working for them just as they're working as they are working for me. I have a servant's heart for all of us to make a good living, you know, for the better good of us all. I don't, and that's whether you're man or woman, a good leader has that kind of heart. And, and are we a weaker sex? I'm going to start looking that up and studying it because we are made to be the helpmate. But I think God didn't intend to say we're weaker. I think we're supposed to compliment the men and we're made differently to compliment does it necessarily make us weaker? Well, maybe physically, but, you know, God didn't make us like that, I really feel like. But I will start looking that up, Becky. You know what? <laughs> I think it would be a good step for Nancy Pelosi to take to develop some of that servant's heart. Well, ladies, that's a wrap. One more step for womankind. 